what's up, tea amigos, and welcome to Optimized, the show that teaches you all things tea and how it can optimize longevity, recovery, and performance. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I am your host and guide on this tea journey. And today, we are talking about silver needle white tea. Today, we're going to dig into three topics. Uh, One, the history and some unique stories of silver needle white tea. Two, the unique health benefits of silver needle white tea. And three, any tips and tricks for the best experience for you to take home and make an amazing cup of white tea, silver needle white tea. So let's dive on in to the history. So first and foremost, what is silver needle white tea? Well, white tea in general comes from the Camellia sinensis plant, which is the same plant that green tea, yellow tea, black tea, oolong tea, puar tea, what all of those come from. So what makes specifically white tea and silver needle white tea unique? Well, first and foremost, where it is grown. And we'll actually dig into the provinces that it is grown in a little bit later. Um, But that depends or that changes which kind of tea you actually have. So where it's grown, um, arguably the most important part of the process is the post-harvesting processing of the tea leaves. Because it's all the same plant, you can take a tea leaf and make it into different teas. So Primarily, the oxidation level is what creates different levels, and white tea is typically the less, the least oxidized compared to like a puar or black tea, which are the most oxidized. So that's kind of on a basis what silver needle is. Now, silver needle, that's more on a basis what white tea is. Silver needle is specifically a, a kind of white tea that we're going to be talking about today. And before we actually dig into maybe some of the specifics of Silver Needle and what makes it super unique, I think it's important to talk about the lore and the legend of Silver Needle. This tea doesn't actually have a date of when it was discovered, but more of a story. And this story is placed within the Fujian province on the mountainside of a Dong Gong, that's D-O-N-G, G-O-N-G, mountain. And during this time, this ancient time, on the mountainside, there was a village at the base of the mountain. And this village was overcome with drought and famine and plague was running rampant throughout this village. Now, there was an, a story of this herb that grew at the top of a mountainside in next to a well that had the ability to cure all disease. And because this plague was running rampant throughout this, this mountainside village, men and warriors would travel up this mountain to go find this herb, to bring it back to save their people. But every man who went up to find this herb always never returned. Where did he go? What happened? No one ever knew. They just knew that this that the warriors would never return. And so this plague ran rampant for years throughout this village, just decimating crops, decimating people. Finally, one family 
of had three siblings. These three siblings, they these these children, they decided that they wanted to go attempt to find this herb. And the three, the oldest of the sibling, he was like, I'm going to go first and I'm going to go find this. Now, on his, as he was about to embark on this path, he was confronted by uh, an old man, a, a sage old man who told him, you will only find this herb when you feel as if you need to turn back and you keep moving forward. There should never be a doubt in your mind that that ahead is the herb. And if you at all think about turning back, it's game over. So with this knowledge in hand, the the young boy traveled up the hill. And as he was traveling up this up this mountain, he approached this this area that was more had more rocks than than usual had these giant boulders and giant stones and he heard these whispers in the air saying like turn back there's no point like just just go back and frankly he had been traveling for so long and was exhausted that he listened and as he turned around to turn back he turned into a stone and so days went by never came back and the middle child he decided to follow suit as well. And so he followed, went up the mountain. Before he went up the mountain, the old man told him the exact same thing, that you need to push through when you feel that there is doubt creeping inside of you. You need to push through. He approached the same rocky area, had these same voices in his head telling him to turn back, go back. And he frankly was exhausted and listened, and he too turned into a stone. And finally, the the youngest, the youngest child was a, was a little girl, and she decided it's it's my turn. It's been days. I haven't seen my brothers. I need to go find this. And on the way up, the old man stopped her, told her the same thing. However, this time, he actually handed her two rice cakes to take with her on the journey. Why? Not sure. Just being nice, nice old guy. So as she was traveling up this mountain, she hit this spot where there were these rocks and it was desolate. It was, people didn't, or it was just dry and, and she was exhausted. And she started to hear these, these thoughts, these, these voices that weren't her own telling her to turn back. It's not, it's time. Like she's been traveling too long. And what did she do? She took these rice cakes, put them up to her ears and just kept moving forward. And because of this, she kept moving forward, and about a half a day's journey later, she approached this well with beautiful, beautiful plants, just bl- just flowering and, and blooming. And what she did was she took some of the water from the well, drank it for herself, poured it on these plants. The plants actually blossomed more flowers, and in the flowers were some seeds. She took the seeds, brought it back to the village, scattered the seeds throughout upgrew this plant known as the Camellia sinensis plant and thus the creation of the silver needle which then brought their town out of the plague and they prospered ever since so whether the story is true or not I'll, I'll leave it up to you but that's the creation of the silver needle and this province specifically is the Fujian province of China now 
this there are other variations of silver needles uh specifically from like the Yunnan province which is most popular for our puarti which we'll get into into a later episode but the Fujian province is most popular for silver needle and specifically there are two types of varieties known as fuding and I apologize if I'm pronouncing these wrong but fuding which is f u d i n g or zheng zhenghe which is Z-H-E-N-G-H-E. The difference is between those two, the fuding is known as the North Road silver tea, silver needle tea, and the Zhangji is known as the South Road. And what you can tell in the differences is actually that the North Road or the fuding tea is a brighter and more delicate version of the silver needle, whereas the Zhangji is a bolder and harder type tea. Um, and Another another fun story to take home with you for for Silver Needle because this was such a prized possession. It was actually the most expensive tea and still is arguably one of the more expensive teas on the market. And the reason being is because it is so labor intensive. The Silver Needle tea is is a tea that only uses the young buds of the Camellia sinensis plant. So instead of using the the leaves and the stems of the Camellia sinensis plant, they only take the youngest, freshest buds of the tea plant. And we'll dig into why that's important a little bit later, especially like in the health benefits area. But these these leaves, they're they're so light colored, which gives them that silvery luster to it, which is why it's known as silver needle. Um, they're so hard to harvest that they're they're still hand picked mostly to this day, and these are just because of the labor that's in it that's involved in this process. These are some of the most expensive teas. And going back to some of the historical references, this was so popular, such a popular tea, and the, the flavor was so so delicate and like a fine wine or like a like a champagne that one emperor i believe it was the song dynasty i I might be wrong there but i believe it was the song dynasty this emperor that that reigned in this time was so obsessed with silver needle white tea that he'd let like half his empire get overrun by mongols because all he cared about was having this tea wild like he just dedicated himself he had this vice of tea that he didn't even care that half his empire was getting overrun and taken over so this stuff is it's super delicious super delicate such a fine and expensive tea and uh, just just amazing just a truly truly remarkable experience to have so moving kind of towards the health benefits and why it's important to understand that this is a young part of the plant, a fresh part of the plant. These these are young leaves and the plant, because it's a young leaf, the plant wants to protect the, the young part of itself because that's how it grows. So what does the plant do? In order to protect itself, it actually boosts some of these protective chemicals within the plant, such as caffeine, theanine, and polyphenols, the things that we actually like within tea, and it gives it the unique flavors as well as the unique functionality of the tea. 
So these are actually boosted in this part of the plant, which does lead to some breaking some of the myths and of like white tea and tea in general, or I should say some of the uh, things that people say are common knowledge. Whereas like white tea has the less or least amount of caffeine and black tea has the most like that's that's a whole different episode in itself is the caffeine topic but these these buds actually have the highest amount of theanine polyphenols and caffeine and the theanine in it is actually what gives this very calm collected focus this relaxed feeling within the body when you drink tea and the combination of theanine with caffeine makes it so that you are not only calm and like collected within the body, but the caffeine boosts the energy. So you have this like focused alertness or as people like to call it a flow state. It helps you enter a flow state more. So the meditations with silver needle tea are better, frankly, um, people like to work with it in a meditative state and helps enhance the meditations a little bit greater. And so because you, you have a better concentration, you have better, more of an alertness to it. And the caffeine content can can get up to like 80 milligrams within a serving of the tea, which is, again, not what is commonly talked about it's commonly said that white tea has the least amount of caffeine like around like 20 milligrams it's just not true and it's important to know that if you're someone who's caffeine sensitive um so some of the other uh, unique health benefits to white tea and specifically the silver needle is that it may actually boost your immunity due to its antimicrobial type effects that white tea has uh, and it also might boost your heart health due to the increased flavonoids and increased polyphenols within this tea as well. Uh, on top of that, it can help relieve stress due to the increase in nutrients such as like potassium and magnesium, which also is great for muscle recovery stuff that that we want if you're uh, if you're active and and moving the body a lot. Uh, on top of that, it helps stimulate your digestive processes by boosting and specific enzymes within the gut to help alleviate any digestive challenges. So some super cool stuff, but I think overall just this tea is super powerful for enhancing meditative practices, enhancing mental focus and clarity, something to work with kind of throughout the, the morning, the, the mid or the early morning to mid morning to early afternoon probably don't want to work with it later in the evening just because of the higher caffeine content. So some of the tips and tricks to enhance your experience with this tea. Um, a lot of these I've, I've mentioned already, but two myths that I do want to go over. Um, one is the myth that white tea is too delicate for hot water. Now, I think as a blanket statement, sure, that, that checks out. But white tea is so much more than just like a white peony tea, which is another super popular uh, white tea. Because this is a delicate part of, or because this is a young part of the plant, I should say, it's going to be sturdier. The, the plant actually produces these tiny white and silvery hairs 
and fibrous hairs on the plant to help protect it so that it can grow and become the leaf that we know and that we love. So by doing that, it actually can take more heat and more time on the tea leaf to bring out the flavor. So that being said, I recommend you using a water temperature of around like 200 degrees Fahrenheit at about like a two minute steep time to get the most out of the tea, to really get the caffeine, really get the theanine, really get the flavors. The flavors are so delicate, can be floral, can be fruity, like plum, um, just delicious type flavors. So that's one of the myths is about just the hot water use. The other one is about the caffeine content and white tea being the lowest in caffeine. It could be up to 70, 80 milligrams of caffeine in per serving. And it really just depends on how much of the tea you use, which brings me to my third tip is to use more than you expect. So these tea, these tea buds are lighter in, in basically weight. So you need to use more in order to achieve the amount that we want. Because typically a, a typical serving is about two grams of tea. Two grams of white tea, of silver needle white tea compared to like two grams of oolong is going to look very, very different because oolongs are very, very dense and small, tightly packed or, or tea. Whereas white tea and silver needle white tea is very light and fluffier. So you can, so you should use more. And then, of course, the final thing is just when you do enjoy this tea, I highly recommend sitting with it, at least like the first cup, sitting with it and meditating with it. Kind of feel the caffeine, feel the theanine, taste the flavors, see what people are talking about when they say this is such a good meditative tea to work with. And that's it. That is the brief overview of Silver Needle White Tea. I appreciate you tuning in today. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a leave a five-star review on this podcast if you've been enjoying it. Um, in your review, if you leave a tea that you want to hear more about, I will add it to the list. And after we're done with these 14 days, which we are on day seven, so we're halfway through these first 14 days of new teas, new tisans. If you add a tea to your list or to the to your review, I will add it to my list and then first come first serve basis, we will just continue forward after these 14 days. So, do that. I would appreciate it. You'll get to hear more about your favorite tea. And finally, check out Fresh Steeps. If you're looking for a unique awesome, flavorful, functional, adaptogenic type tea blends, check out Fresh Steeps. Fresh Steeps just has some of the most amazing, unique tea blends out out there that, frankly, I haven't seen elsewhere. I haven't seen another, another tea company blending these teas the way that Fresh Steeps does. So check it out, freshsteeps.com. That's freshsteeps.com, F-R-E-S-H-S-T-E-E-P-S.com. Check it out. It's awesome. You'll love every tea, all five of their blends. You'll love them. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember to take some time for yourself and enjoy a cup of tea today. And we'll see you in the next episode.